All right, so this is going to be a slightly more philosophical homily. So buckle up, buttercups, and put on your thinking hats. It all starts at TJ Maxx, of all places, with this little gift that one of the camp counselors at the summer camp saw and bought for me. It says, and I quote, Life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. My first thought when I saw this gift was, wow, Frederick Nietzsche made it all the way to TJ Maxx. <laughs> that German philosopher from the 19th century made it to TJ Maxx. Amazing. So a little aside, ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. And bad ideas have bad consequences. And they don't just stay in the philosophy 101 classroom. They eventually, in due time, bleed out into the culture. So a thought that Friedrich Nietzsche would be proud of makes it onto a notebook for sale at that paragon of cultural sophistication known as TJ Maxx. My major issue, of course, is with the second line. Life is about creating yourself. So why'd that make me think of Nietzsche, a guy who died in 1900? Because that's a metaphysical claim that he and then other later atheistic existential philosophers like John Paul Sartre make. So what is metaphysics? Metaphysics is dealing with fundamental realities, first principles, including ontology, which is the study of being. So that's an aside, because it'd be great to go into that with you, but I can't do that in the confines of this homily. Nietzsche's most famous line is this, God is dead and we killed him. God is dead and we killed him. So again, I'm taking that a bit out of context, but what that means wasn't so much, so people today use that as like this atheistic triumphal line, like a, like a tag line, like Schwarzenegger would use in a action movie or something like that. And it's not that for Nietzsche. It was a line of resignation. God is dead and we killed him meant that the metaphysical grounding that gave rise to Christian Europe and Western civilization had been rejected. And the consequence of that rejection was not this joyous revolution, but rather a terrifying experience of isolation in the midst of a harsh and cruel world, a world whose objective meaning had been undercut and eliminated. And so then modern man finds himself thrown into that gaping hole. So what does he do? Well, he asserts his will. He creates his own meaning he creates his own truth. Sound familiar? He creates his own essence and all of it with the desire to create himself. So there's no innate human nature. There's no essence that unites us all that is given via creation and via a creator but rather each person has to make his or her meaning up. In other words, life is about creating yourself. 
so that you can have purpose and meaning. Okay, so why am I bothered by that? One, because it doesn't work. How about that? Because all it does is create all the anxiety and angst and despair that you all are experiencing and that we see so readily in the culture. Because from a bad tree, you get bad fruit. Ideas have consequences. But two, because our faith teaches us something categorically different. The first reading from Genesis and the gospel today talk about God who creates and humans who are created. God who is the source of all being and humans who receive their being from God. Friends, those are the right first moves. That's a proper metaphysics. It has to do with fundamental realities. They're the right first moves because they correspond to our actual reality. Because, try as you might, you did not create yourself. And you can't. You needed your parents to even exist. And they needed their parents. And all of us need God to exist. So we don't just assign to ourselves our own existence. And we certainly don't assign to ourselves our own nature. But rather, we're, we're beings who receive. We receive who we are from God, and he does that with great thought and great care. To go outside those first moves is a recipe for disaster. Here's some good stuff. You're going to get a lot of Pope Benedict the 16th here. So Matt Keck is going to be very happy. He said this, one-liner. The sin of our age is the sin against the creator. So think of sin as a rupture in relationship. The sin of our age is a sin against the creator. Our relationship with the creator has been ruptured. So that rejection of the creator, God, it's the radical desire to be absolutely in charge of ourselves. And it seems like a good idea at the start. It seems very free, very creative, but pretty soon you walk down that path and all you know is the crushing burden of taking on your own existence and managing it yourself to create yourself. And people try and people fail. They become bitter and they become nihilistic because they're punching above their metaphysical weight. They're trying to do something they cannot do. We are always creatures. We always have to receive. And then our cooperation with the creator allows us to be creative. So in God's place as the creator, we assert ourselves as self-creators. We create ourselves but unintentionally, and I know it's unintentional, but also predictably, we create a sort of hellscape of anxiety and then rage because we're raging against our own being. We're fighting against ourselves in rejecting God as our creator. We're living out of step with our human nature. And when we live out of step with our human nature, 
eventually our human nature revolts. So here's some more wisdom then from Pope Benedict XVI. He says this, when the freedom to be creative becomes the freedom to create oneself, then necessarily the maker himself is denied and ultimately man too is stripped of his dignity as a creature of God, as the image of God at the core of his being. See, there's a freedom to be creative that is part of our human nature, but when it becomes the freedom to create oneself, then God is rejected, and the consequence of rejecting God doesn't hurt God, it hurts us. We lose our own dignity. And so the church stands against that. As unpopular as that is, the church does and will stand against that. So, more from Pope Benedict. This time he's talking about the, conse- or the, like the notion of creation and how we have to respect it. Okay, so listen to this, because this is really good. Since faith in the creator is an essential part of the Christian creed, by the way it is, we pray it every mass when we do the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things, or in the Apostles' Creed. We believe in God, the Father, creator of all things, right? Heaven and earth. Since faith in the creator is an essential part of the Christian creed, the church cannot and must not limit herself to passing on to the faithful the message of salvation alone. So now he's going to talk about creation. She has a responsibility towards creation and must also publicly assert this responsibility. In doing so, she must not only defend earth, water, and air as gifts of creation belonging to all. Listen up now. She must also protect man from self-destruction. What is needed is something like a human ecology, correctly understood. If the church speaks of the nature of the human being as man and woman, and demands that this order of creation be respected, this is not some antiquated metaphysics. What is involved here is faith in the creator and a readiness to listen to the language of creation. To disregard this would be the self-destruction of man himself and hence the destruction of God's own work. Rainforests deserve indeed to be protected but no less so does man, as a creature having an innate message which does not contradict our freedom, but is itself its very premise. Now, I know that's a lot, but it's also really clear and really good. We have to protect creation and respect what we see there. We have to protect creation the human person, and respect what we see there. We have an innate message, and that message, that human nature, doesn't contradict our freedom, but is instead its very premise. It's what makes us free. So we receive our being from God, and that means living in the truth of who we are, and that means living in freedom. Okay, now, practically, how do we do that? My friends, we pray. We pray. Prayer is not something that we do. It's a way of being. 
We don't check the box of prayer. I did my 10 Hail Marys. That's fine and good, but that is meant to lead us into a way of being with God. Prayer is opening yourself to God's creative love because he's the creator. And when we pray and we pray well, we're opening ourselves to his creative love which comes rushing into us. See, God created you with great knowledge and great love with his intellect and his will. He knows you and he loves you. You're not just an accident and you're not just thrown into this world to create yourself and take on that crushing burden, but rather he knows you and loves you and wants to show you who you are as you live in relationship with him. Prayer is contact with the living God and that saves us from the crushing burden of trying to create ourselves. Life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. Not so much. Life, my dear friends, is about living in the glorious freedom of the sons and daughters of God as we receive our being from a good, good father.